words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Please be seated. A word of welcome to all God's creatures, including a dog, a church dog in training. So if you are hearing, hearing some whimpering, um, it takes time to learn how to be present in this place. And so we are delighted by the commitment to have um, a dog, a church dog in training here today. Um, so yeah, if you're hearing that a little bit, I thought you probably would prefer to know. When my children were small, there was a day when I was on the phone talking to my mother. I was telling her about this fabulous drawing my son had done. He was like four. I was really proud of my son and his drawing. And my daughter, who was about three, she heard me and she was jealous. She wanted me with all of her three-year-old little body to be proud of her. How do you tell a three-year-old that when you say someone else is smart, that doesn't mean she's not smart? I told my daughter that when I look at a picture of Lytton and I see a child who was smart and creative and wonderful, Hannah was still also smart and creative and wonderful and worthy of pictures. But this picture wasn't about her. Her absence from the vision of Lytton, my son, isn't because Hannah, my daughter, wasn't important. It's just that she and my, her brother were separate and different, and both of them were worthy and deserved their own picture. This idea that I'm trying to get at is noticing that just because I, your priest and preacher, am talking about one thing right now does not mean anything about all of the things that I am not talking about. This idea is a foundation for my faith. This principle informs how I listen to the word of God. For example, today we have four, for example, we have four gospels about Jesus. Each version shows us a different picture of who Jesus was. Today we heard from John, who raises up the spiritual and cosmic nature of Jesus. Next week, we return to the gospel of Matthew, Matthew frames the story of Jesus in connection to Jewish roots and the divinity of Christ. When we listen to John, Matthew's values are still important. We're just not talking about those values right now. Another way to imagine this principle is to imagine pictures from a family vacation that someone else took. To be clear here, we're looking at someone else's images, right? So first, imagine our own vacation photos that someone else on the trip took. This is a photo of us. 
we look for ourselves in the pictures. When we, we look for ourselves as the center of the picture, maybe you're in the back because you're the tall one, but whatever it is, you're still looking for you. For example, oh, that's the one when we were all, all swimming. Oh no, that picture makes my hair look funny. Oh, that picture? My smile is nice. And oh, don't even show that picture. I look awful. Many of us look for ourselves in the images and look for what the picture tells us about us. But there is another way to look at these same photographs. Each photograph is a decision in composition, a choice. What the image chooses to include or leave out of the frame says a lot. For example, this month, right now, my son is showing me pictures of rocks. I'm serious. My 23-year-old son with his face lit up in joy is showing me pictures of cliff faces, just the rocks. But what he's trying to tell me with this image is the adventure and the challenge of rock climbing. What's not in the image, not in any of the images? My son. There are no pictures of him. We all know how to take selfies, but my son wanted to, but if my son wanted to say, look at me, I was here, I did this, he could do that with his picture. But that's not what's important to him right now. Right now, what matters most to him is the technical challenge. So what he shows me is endless snapshots of rocks and climbing gear. This does not mean my son is not important. It only means right now, himself is not what Lytton chooses to frame. When I go to a friend's house to look at their vacation photos, I look at how they frame their photos because it tells me so much about what is important to their heart right now. I have three friends, three friends who went to Hawaii for vacation and they all came back with completely different pictures of the same place. One friend only takes pictures of family. Everything else is blurry in the background. Another friend only sends me selfies. In these photographs, I see how much she appreciates the opportunity to visit and experience this place. Another friend sends me pictures of the place with no people at all. There is no right or wrong, and every single image is a choice that shows how one person frames one experience right now. But here's the thing. Please notice I only get a tiny photo of all of the pictures in Hawaii, right? There are more snapshots from Hawaii that I will never see. 
Pictures of family dinners, images of people at work, journalists taking pictures of crime, photographs of government in action. There are so many pictures from Hawaii I will never see. Each of these moments are still true and important for someone I will never meet. We tend to think that what we are shown is important. What we are shown is important. And there are other important truths that we do not see and we may never know. When I read the Bible, I read it as I look at my tradition's pictures. Something beautiful and important and holy happened. I feel blessed to see how my community framed their experience of God. I learn something and see something important, not only by what is in scripture, but also how the story is framed. Please hear this. Our scriptures are holy. Trust in the sacredness of this text. God is present. God wants us Christians to know these stories particularly. Every passage contains messages for us to look for God in particular Christian ways. For those of us who are called to the Christian faith, our scripture reveals the pictures that define us. And yes, some scripture makes us look funny. Some scripture makes us feel uncomfortable. And altogether, the stories of scripture guide us towards a Christian identity and towards God. Also, I believe that there are other ways to picture God. For example, I believe the trees are holy. I believe that there is a way that God reveals God's self to trees in a way that God knows trees need to hear. I will never see how God reveals God's self to trees. I am <clears throat> not a tree. Even if I could see a tree's picture of God, I probably would not understand. But that does not make God's revelation to trees less important. Maybe there is a revelation from God to the very rocks, to water. But I trust that God cares for all creation and God is in right relationship with squirrels and ants and dogs and moss. And even if I never see it in a way that I can understand, that relationship is there. Today in Genesis, we read a story about how God chose one particular person in one particular tribe at one particular place to frame a relationship with God to humans in this particular way. This story is true for us. Listen deeply to these, our stories. And it is possible and even likely that there are also other stories. There are revelations that God made in God's mystery to trees and squirrels and whales and stars. 
The Bible is full of stories that are about us humans, that are important to humans, and we live in a complicated, mysterious, holy world. God is not limited to only having a relationship with us. When we hear that story today, that Abraham was chosen, please feel invited to notice what you learn in this particular story. And then, when we, each of us, leave the church, I beg you, hear this too. Do not assume, because we are inheritors of God's promises to Abraham, that God did not make other important promises. Our lives and our faith will be richer if we sometimes pay attention to everything we cannot know. We remember the pictures we will not see or the stories we will not hear. When we walk in the world, we walk with all God's beloved creation.